Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? Alright, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> hey, welcome to Streaming Wastelands with Greg and Ringo. Say hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. This week, we went ahead and took on 2016's The Comedian on Hulu. Before we jump into that, Greg, what have you been up to this week? Nice. Greg got <laughs> new toys to play with. I finally customized our soundboards. That's one thing I've been up to this week. I started watching The Bear, which is, uh, I'm late to the party, but it's also on Hulu, and it's a pretty great show. It's about a guy who has to take over his family diner after his brother's death. It's funnier than I thought it would be. It's labeled as a comedy drama, and that is not always true. I find a lot of times comedy dramas are either really weak comedies or they're dramas that just happen to have jokes. But this actually kind of fits the mold. There's a... There's quite a, a great cast of ex, what are like extra characters or side characters, right? But mm-hmm. the main character and his story are, are pretty heartfelt. It's nice. It's not afraid to kind of get trippy. It's not like a acid trip, like those episodes in BoJack Horseman where he does drugs and all, the animation style is all different. But it's definitely also not afraid to show you inside the main character's mind as he's stressing out and losing his mind. I will say it absolutely never makes me want to work in the restaurant industry. If I ever had a dream to be a chef or a cook or even just a, I don't know, a, one of the specialist chefs, I think after watching this show, it's it's dashed. It looks way too stressful. I don't mind stress, but this seems like an unnecessary amount of stress. Having worked at Pizza Hut for a year and six months, I can tell you that I would like to avoid that for the rest of my life if possible. Otherwise, that'd be that'd be one of my worst nightmares if I ever ended up back in that situation. I mean, if we're just talking fast food, I mean, I was a Domino's delivery driver, but there's, <laughs> I, I think that this would be oh, head and shoulders above that. Mm-hmm. It is, it's yeah, it looks intense. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. All of my friends that work in something that's similar to that, from what I understand the Bears about, they they have so many issues with crowds coming in, especially on holidays like July 4th and stuff like that, when nobody else is supposed to be working and stuff. So everybody's crowding in, asking for all sorts of stuff. Mother's Day, apparently. I think you and I talked about that, how Mother's Day is like one of the worst days for uh, retail. Or for, for food. Yeah. For food. And it's, yeah. Because it's big groups with a ton of split checks and they linger. And I think that is probably the thing that if I was a server or if I worked in a restaurant on Mother's Day, that would be the one that pisses me off the most. I, splitting checks is annoying and I get why that is problematic. What, why somebody might not that if they're working in it, because it is a, a pain, right? You've got to yeah. like itemize. It's basically like itemizing on your taxes, right? You got to list out a ton of different individual things, but that lingering oh my god i would hate that you see a long line of people waiting to get in and you know this group of eight has finished their meal they've paid on their three separate checks and now they're just sitting there because this is the only time they're going to talk to their mom and so you (laughs) i'd be losing my mind i'd just be trying to shout at these people i know you can't do that or you're not (laughs) supposed to do that but i would want to shout at them could you please move and it's kind of weird that people 
don't, in my opinion, because yeah. one, who like no restaurant has comfortable seating, right? It's fine, but you're sitting there for like an hour, hour and a half, you know, you, you want to keep sitting there, yeah. get up and go. But also you don't see other people. You don't look around and you don't see that there are other people who are trying to eat. Get up, move your, your meal is over. So I think that the issue that we run into with our, before we dive into a big old in-depth thing, from my understanding, it's that we, as Americans, have this concept of just ignoring everything but what is in front of us. So when you're sitting there, you're, this table is mine. I paid for this. Yeah, I get that. It's just, it, it annoys me to no end when I oh, see yeah. it, and I try not to do it. For me and my wife, if we're sitting somewhere and we haven't ordered anything in like 15 minutes or so, it's time for us to go. It means we're done, or it means that this place has terrible service and we haven't been, you know, our server hasn't been back. But yeah. if we're sitting there, we'll decide pretty quickly if we're going to want dessert or not. We'll decide if we're going to have one last drink or not. And then it's time to go. It's a it's a move on, one and done thing. We I, I try not to take up tables. And I it's so strange to me that people don't think about that. No, I, I agree. And this is probably also why you come over to my house for about an hour and then you leave. And it's I couldn't figure it out. But now I understand. You leave and you leave. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that I don't want to take up the space in your house. No other reason. <laughs> anyway, what have you been watching? So this week, I actually watched something kind of similar in a similar line of TV, at least. We watched Beef. And I was kind of interested in my wife's take on it because whenever I suggested it, she was like, well, I'm not really feeling it. I was like, okay. And I didn't expect her to put it on because she typically puts on something when we're sitting there on the couch. She puts it on and she starts watching it and she's starting to giggle as we're watching it because this is the story of two people who meet in a very... It's a way that I think that we've all dealt with occasionally, but they take it to a whole new level. When you're in a parking lot and something's gone on in the store that you just exited that's pissed you off, you're about to back out and someone comes up behind you, whether they're flying up behind you, you didn't see them, one of those things, and they honk at you. And you're like, I'm just trying to get the fuck out of this parking lot, get out of my way. And they drive away just slightly and then they flip you off and then they take off. That's where this this story takes the the that's the the crux of this, and the two characters end up fighting with each other for ten nine episodes, and the tenth episode they they reconcile. But Aww. I mean, it's it's funny all the stuff that they do. One of the characters ends up just peeing all over the other person's bathroom, and it's just dumb, outrageous shit. <laughs> And you're watching as these two people are, are on the opposite spectrum. So you've got someone who's about to become a multimillionaire and someone who's trying to go ahead and build up their business. And as you're watching it, they both have these issues that they could probably help each other out on. But because they seem to hate each other, they're not going to help each other out. And with this, they're kind of ruining each other's lives until they they reconcile all right you know and i'm not really gonna go ahead and get into too much depth of that because I'll, I'll probably end up ruining it for anyone that wants to go ahead and watch it but i mean it's hilarious at the end of it we were like oh that's super cute and i'm glad that they ended it the way they did one of the reasons i haven't put that on is i don't like ali wong's stand-up comedy mm -hmm. and so i was worried that her character is going to translate it, it's just gonna be one of those things we've all seen movies where 
comedians basically play themselves and do their own bits as a character. Mm -hmm. And so that always worries me if I didn't like the person's stand-up in the mm -hmm. first place. I'll probably give it a shot one of these days, but it's just not been high on my list. Got you. I, I don't know if I've watched her stand-up, so I, I can't tell you if her stand-up translated into her character. I can just tell you that my wife and I found it really entertaining. Yeah, I think that I, I'm used to her from Bir no, yeah, Birds of Prey and Onward. That's what I remember her from. You know, so many people have told me to watch Onward. It's one of those ones that I probably should get around to watching, not because it's something that super interests me, but because at this point, a third of the people I know, which isn't that many people, but like a third of the people I know have told me that I should watch that movie. <laughs> well, I've got a kid and that kid is into that sort of stuff. So that's why I ended up watching it. Otherwise, I probably would have gone around to it sooner or later. <laughs> you make it sound so gross. The kid is into that sort of stuff. <laughs> what animated <laughs> movies? <laughs> oh, no, I'm into animated movies, too. I just I don't know. I've been really avoiding Disney. But due to, due to the fact that I have a child. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where. I think that parents get a free pass. Like it's hard to take a, a moral stand against Disney mm -hmm. when you have a kid. Mm -hmm. That's why I, those Christian parents that get all bent out of shape about, you know, Oh, there was a gay kiss in in Buzz Lightyear that was off barely on the screen for like two seconds. I'm boycotting Disney. I'm like, yeah, you might be, but your three kids ain't right. I know what it says in the Bible, go out and make more babies. Right. So <laughs> they got you for the next 40 years and you let it happen. You could have tried to stop all this. You could have not voted for Reagan in the eighties, but instead you were like, no, please give me cocaine and, and lots of fucking tax breaks and let me buy a house for $30. And then you turn around and you're like, why is there no content that isn't Disney? And it's, oh, because you removed all the regulations about media conglomeration rules. So fuck mm -hmm. off. You know, well, that's why. So congratulations. Keep cranking them out and keep going to see Disney movies and you can bitch about <laughs> it online and nobody will listen to you there either. Well, I mean, to, to go a little bit more in depth into it, we just recently saw with a certain governor going ahead and throwing up his dukes against Disney. Oh, yeah. And then going ahead. Oh, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight you. Go ahead and protect me, Senate. Yeah, House. right. My God. I guess a clown show. Before we go ahead and dive into a, another rant that'll take us, you know, three hours do you want to go mm -hmm. ahead and jump back into the comedian yeah we should probably talk about this movie i guess ah uh, yeah i mean i think our conversation is a little bit more stimulating <laughs> but that being said so we watched the 2016's comedian it's a look at life at an aging insult comic named jackie burke this movie is starring robert de niro as jackie leslie mann as harmony danny devito as charlie eddie falco as elaine Harvey Keitel as Reggie. Did I say that one correctly? I don't know, that last nope, name. It was Edie Falco and Harvey Keitel. Edie Falco. Okay. Yes, Eddie has two D's. Mm. I should know. I should know that. <laughs> you you really should. I really his should. His name's not Edie Murphy. <laughs> this movie is rated R for crude sexual references and language throughout. The trigger warnings that I'm going to give you are for drugs, alcohol, mild violence, and jail, question mark. Our synopsis, Jackie, Jackie Burke, a.k.a. Robert De Niro, is an aging comic who is struggling to reinvent himself. He is best known for playing a character named Eddie on a popular television sitcom. But he, is not, he has not had much success as a stand-up comedian in recent years. He is often heckled by audiences who only want to hear him talk about his old character. One night, Jackie snaps and attacks a heckler. He is arrested and sentenced to 30 days in jail and 100 hours of community service. While doing his community service, he meets Harmony, 
Schultz. Schlitz. AKA hmm? Schlitz, I believe. Schlitz. Sch- yeah. Schlitz. Jesus. I gotta go ahead and get my tongue reevaluated, apparently. <laughs> Leslie Mann. She this is Leslie Mann, the daughter of a sleazy Florida real estate mogul. Harmony is also a struggling artist who is trying to find her way in the world. Jackie and Harmony strike up a friendship and begin to inspire each other. Jackie helps Harmony to find her voice as an artist, and Harmony helps Jackie to rediscover his passion for comedy. In the end, they both find the courage to follow their dreams. This movie was interesting to me just because I don't think I've seen many movies that go ahead and try and follow a comedian's life after they've hit their peak. I'm guess I'm going to assume that Eddie was supposed to be his peak at one point. I don't, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like Eddie was supposed to be his peak performance? So I don't think Eddie was supposed to be his peak performance. I think the idea is that Eddie is what made him famous and he's the most, ex- the most successful thing he's done. Okay. So I guess it really depends on what you mean by peak. I think if you were to ask Jackie in this movie that Eddie was not his peak, Eddie might be even a low point for him because it didn't let him be himself creatively. Mm-hmm. But if you were to ask his agent or the people of America, Eddie was where he peaked and everything he's done since has been weird, except for at the very end of this movie when he's getting millions of views on YouTube. I could see that. And I I got to say, I think that the movie stretched a little bit in places. I did like that they had the, the jazz music, but I think the jazz music also started popping up and I was starting to disassociate when that started happening. Yeah, there's going, a like, lot of sloppy transitions in this movie where it's yeah. just, it, it felt, I think we said this, oh man, what, what movie did we say this about? I think it was Against the Ice where we talked about how it was just a lot of scenes that didn't mm-hmm. seem to be connected. Obviously, they are connected because they are in the same universe featuring the same characters. But there's nothing guiding us from scene to scene. And in Against the Ice, at least it made a little bit of sense because it takes place over the course of two years. And two years of just watching people survive doesn't exactly make compelling footage. But this, we're just jumping from point A to point B to point C. It's like they wanted to show us highlights of this guy's life. And sometimes it made sense. And other times... As I found myself asking, you know, what was the point of doing, what was the point of the scene, let alone what was the point of just jumping into this scene and then right back out of it? Yeah. And it was, it was weird because each of these little jumps kind of just dragged the movie on a little bit longer and made it, it, it just, it, I got an hour in and I realized I, I hadn't really gained a care for these characters i got what they what they wanted out of life for the most part but i was kind of like if they get it cool if they don't whatever i'm just waiting for this movie to end yeah and so this is directed by the same guy who directed an officer and a gentleman i haven't watched an officer and a gentleman in a long time but i wonder if this is just his style right these long scenes i looked through his his body of work and i think that's the only other movie of his that i'd seen but It's one of those things where it kind of makes me think that like because this guy has been a director for a while and he clearly keeps getting projects that this is a style and that when you sign up to either watch one of his movies or he signs up to make a movie, this is what you're going to get. You you know that going in. It's similar to how if you're going to go watch a David Fincher movie, you know that there's probably going to be some sort of mind fuck element. If you go watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie, there's probably a twist, etc. 
So that makes me, I wonder, I guess what I'm saying is I wonder if we're critiquing something that we just don't like about this director's style. But since we don't know, I will say that I don't care for it in this movie one bit. I agree with you. I think that the movie got a, probably could have benefited from them not having the these weird cuts that just kind of, like you said, bounced from place to place. The so, comedy, sorry, okay. go ahead. I was going to say, I was actually just about to talk about the comedy as well. So I've seen this in movies before, movies like Funny People, et cetera, where you have a bunch of stand-up comedians in the movie who do stand-up bits. It's not always funny. And a lot of the comics they had on in the clubs were, they made a lot of jokes that I didn't necessarily like. Not, oh, I didn't like that. But more along the lines of, I didn't think they were that funny. I'd either heard them before or... It was something that just didn't strike me overall. And that's fine. Not every joke is for everybody. I'm certainly not. I'm not going to get mad at these people and try to cancel them or anything. But it's more that because this came out in 2016, seeing it now, I was kind of like, eh, I've heard a lot of this material. But I will say that Hannibal Burris made me laugh. His joke at the end of the movie where he's he said that everybody get out of here with your carnival looking face. That made me laugh. I appreciated that. He's a funny guy, and I think he's always funny. He's fantastic in, damn it, I just forgot the name of the show, Broad City. There we go. Mm -hmm. He is so funny as Lincoln in that show. But Hannibal Burst is funny. The stuff that Jackie does as a comedian, some of it is funny and some of it isn't. So I looked up who were the comedy consultants, and it shouldn't surprise me that for an insult comic, they went with the hottest insult comic at the time, which was Jeff Ross. So Jeff Ross was one of the the comedy writers for this. Mm -hmm. He is he Jeff Ross is pretty funny. The stuff they gave Jackie to work with, honestly, kind of came off as like boomer humor for the most part. And I didn't care for a lot of his stuff. There's a few things that he said that were funny. But for the most part, I was kind of like, this is almost a master masterclass in cringe. Yeah. And that that might be a better way to kind of explain this movie is if you're looking for the cringy version of a stand-up comedian, old stand-up comedian, this is it. It just didn't land for me a lot of times. And so as a movie about a comedian, I, I wasn't sold on the whole thing. It's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I'm watching this movie and I'm, I'm realizing that it's a joke, but I'm like sitting there going, why is this joke supposed to be funny with the way the, with the manner in which Jackie goes ahead and presents it. I'm just, when he covers his face and talks into the mic, I'm like, that could be a funny moment, but I'm kind of sitting there going, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. This has gone on way too long. Wrap it up. Come on. Let's move on to something a little bit more entertaining. However, I do think that I enjoyed when Jackie and the comedian Jessica Kirsten, I believe that's who it was, when they were going back and forth, when she was up on stage and he walked mm -hmm. into the bar, I enjoyed that part. The the back and forth between those two. Yeah. I, I got a giggle out of that. That was really funny. That was a, that was a good scene. Mm -hmm. The... Like I said, the only other time I really laughed was Hannibal's stuff. I also, yeah. I guess I appreciate when Jackie's ripping on Reggie for <laughs> being kind of a douche and also for making it. How rude do you got to be? The guy's it's it's Jackie, actually, and he keeps calling you by your TV character's name. Oh, I, I would be irritated by that as well. Oh, yeah. I also think that when, what's her name? Floris and 
Leslie got in a fight. Leslie Harmony got in a oh, fight. Oh, yeah. That was pretty funny because <laughs> it was, was one of the most passive-aggressive fights. But that's exactly the level of fighting you probably expect at a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's a lot of emotion, but it's not a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, I was really disappointed that Cloris Leachman was in this movie, not because I dislike her, but because she's so funny and they barely gave her anything to do. Yes. I believe she was very old at the time of this filming. Yeah, she was, she was... 89 so it's possible that she didn't want to do a lot but mm-hmm. overall no nope, that's not true she was in a bunch of stuff throughout 2018 2019 so they gave her nothing to do in this movie and that kind of sucks because she's hilarious and yeah, she is. i didn't i am sad that we didn't get to see more of her i agree that one was an interesting moment too when they brought her in and jackie essentially i'm not gonna say kills her off but he definitely goes ahead and doesn't stop when she asks him to stop and she's choking and he's just like no no you're fine you're fine i didn't think she was choking i thought she was actually just straight up having a heart attack and she was struggling for breath and uh, was so, that what it was okay yeah in that way i think that he kind of did kill her but in the way that every comedian kind of hopes is that mm-hmm. he, she laughed so hard she died mm-hmm. so i i guess that's good i i'm not sure if that's what most people want but i suppose if you're trying to put a positive spin on it then yeah he made her laugh so hard as a comedian his stand-up act made her laugh so hard that she had a heart attack and died so hooray yeah and uh, you know i'm thinking of i'm thinking about what you said a a moment ago and it just my my brain is really struggling with this movie because i like i said i disassociated so hard on this movie just because of some of the stuff that was going on but yeah some of the some of the material that jackie was working with that De Niro was working with was definitely, mm-hmm. like you said, cringe and boomeristic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus Christ. It was, I'm sitting there going, I hope my kid doesn't walk in. Well, I don't like, want to have to explain some of this from stuff. From the get-go, he's ranting about, you know, marriage is the worst, marriage will kill oh, your God, soul, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, shut up. This bit has been done to death. So if you don't have something new to say about it, don't do it. But, and then his Eddie character going ahead and being misogynistic and abusive to his wife and kid. Which one? Oh, you're talking about in the show? Yeah. The like you're Eddie. talking about when they showed that little flashback of him? Yeah, the little flashback. Yeah, yeah, but that's the 80s. That's how that stuff worked. <laughs> that strikes me as more of a, a piece of commentary about like, oh, look at how fucked up shows were back then. That's yeah. not really a thing <clears throat> in my mind. I think what's more funny and more, more telling is when he is at that convention and the guy asks him to do an Arlene and he's like, I'm going to blow, I'm going to blow your brains out and then kill myself. I was like, man, this guy has spiraled. Yeah. <laughs> his fans love it. They're like, yeah, dude. Well, the the part about that that actually kind of entertained me was the fact that the whole convention went silent. Yeah. I was like, oh. it's funny because oh. he's being that loud. But yeah, yeah. so have you ever seen Birdman, the movie? I feel like I have, but I can't tell you off the top of my head. So Birdman follows Michael Keaton trying to recover from playing Birdman. That's Mm -hmm. how he's known. Birdman is obviously Batman in this situation. And he is struggling because what he wants to do is star in a play. I believe it's Broadway, but it might be off Broadway. It doesn't really matter. But no one's taking him seriously because he was Birdman. And that's not acting. You're you're playing Birdman. You're just a superhero. You're you're in tights and a cape and you're running around and... You know, you don't have real lines. You don't have to do anything. You're just Birdman. And the whole movie, he's struggling to be taken seriously. It's a great movie. I really recommend that any of our listeners listen to it or watch it. 
it's a it's a really interesting film. It's shot really well. I believe it won an award for cinematography and was nominated for Best Picture. But that movie has a better version of this redemption arc, in my opinion, than what the comedian showed us. And the comedian the comedian feels almost like it's trying to be Oscar bait because it's trying to take a serious look at a funny subject, which is comedians, but it doesn't quite work. It came out in the right time frame for Oscar bait, but comedy movies usually don't make it to the Oscars. So there's that. I do feel real quick, like we should probably talk about this romance between Jackie and Harmony. They meet yeah. at the community center when they're both doing community service. Jackie has to do community service because he punches a heckler. And then instead of saying, sorry, in the courtroom, he says, sorry. And the judge is like, I'd like to hear a better one. And he pulls a, you know, he becomes an asshole because the guy is there being an asshole, which I think the judge would have tossed that guy out of court for being snide. But I don't know. I've, I've never assaulted anybody and been taken to court for it. So I don't think I know really, but either way, he has to do a hundred hours of community service. Leslie has to do, or Leslie Harmony has to do a hundred hours of community service. I actually think this is one of those weird cases where they're, in scene chemistry worked together like they actually had a weird chemistry and i think that's partly because they're both charming actors yeah. but the story doesn't do anything to help them out the fact that they liked each other so much does not register for me i it was one of those things where i kept waiting for the movie to to show me something else like give me some story beat where they actually really like the characters start liking each other because it kind of just feels like they're just hanging out and then all of a sudden it's a relationship and I, I've, it was weird. I want, I was going to say, oh, man, these guys have no chemistry. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, no, it's just the movie doesn't actually give them a chance to explore that chemistry. Romance can be understated. Not all love needs to be said, but in this case, I needed something. No, I, I fully agree with you. And honestly, I think that the pregnancy, although it's plausible, was definitely an odd toss in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was the only way that they could go ahead and keep Jackie and Harmony connected. And they really wanted Jackie and Harmony to to stay connected. It wasn't like they had the one night stand and then that character arc ends there. They wanted it to continue so that Jackie could go ahead and have his, his redemption arc, which I, I guess now that I'm saying it out loud, it makes sense, but I'm kind of like, I wish they had pulled it together a little bit more neatly than they did. Yeah. Yeah, and my other big problem with the movie overall is I don't really like Leslie Mann very much. Mm -hmm. I think she's okay. She was fine in this movie. I was genuinely surprised. But a lot of other things I've seen her in, I haven't really cared for. She was decent in This Is 40. I think that movie suffered overall. I really liked her in Knocked Up and The 40-Year-Old Virgin. So those movies are a decade plus old. So I guess that's maybe where I last found her funny. <laughs> I see that she's credited in Freaks and Geeks, but I don't remember her in that. So I'm not going to make comment, but I like Freaks and Geeks. So that's probably a good role for her. Overall, I would say this movie is kind of a pass for me. It's fine. It's not really interesting. If you want to see De Niro play a comedian, he played a comedian in the 1983 movie King of Comedy, which is a Scorsese film. It's a dark comedy about a guy who takes his manager hostage and will not release him until he gets to go on the late show or something like that. It is, I believe, shorter than this and funnier. It's, of course, 80s humor. So you're going to probably it probably doesn't hold up. I haven't watched it in 15 years, 20 years, but that movie was funnier than this. 
this movie is more on the same lines as funny people, which is that it should work, but it just kind of doesn't as a whole. I'm going to go ahead and just give it a firm. Hey, before I go ahead and give my writing, I do have to bring up one more thing on this movie. Jackie ends up going viral three times in this movie on accident. The first time because he assaults someone. The second time, I don't remember why. And the third time is because he created a song called Poopy. That the third he time, second time was because he walked off that game show. Oh, that's right. Okay. So then that was, yeah, okay. All right. So the first time is how he ends up meeting Harmony. The second time is how he starts getting his name back into the spotlight. And the third time is how he ends up becoming the the star that he is. And I do think that it's an interesting way to go ahead and bring a comedian who is starting to falter back into the into the light. And I think they could have played that a little bit better. I'm not going to go ahead and get into too much detail because that would take another 30 minutes to go ahead and go over mm-hmm. all three of those. But that being said, I agree with you. I don't think that I'm going to recommend this movie to, to anybody unless, of course, you're a super De Niro fan and you ha- absolutely have to watch everything that De Niro was in. I just don't think those people exist. I'm going to call bullshit. Mostly because he's been in so many clunkers that it's kind of hard to be a super De Niro fan, I think. Yeah. That's that's how I feel about it. And with that, you got anything else to add, Greg? No, not really. I I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll give it the lifeline. If you are deep into the idea of watching a struggling comic try to regain his life, sure. (laughs) <laughs> it's fine if you're looking for a less than usual rom-com sure it's fine other than that yeah no but i think that if you watch this you're going to be sitting here kind of like how we sound right now kind of drained of existence <laughs> yeah it's also a way longer movie than it needs to be it's agreed. it's two hours it's kind of what we were touching on in the beginning agreed that being said this has been streaming wasteland you can go ahead and find us on facebook youtube Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and technically Snapchat. Don't expect me to post anything to Snapchat because I'm not sure that I have the capability to go ahead and do that mentally. Me neither. Say goodbye, Greg. Bye, Greg. Bye, Greg.